Hello, I'm John Dennis. It's Friday the 22nd of January. Labour, the Conservatives and the Lib Dems are all desperate to convince voters they are the party of the family. Today we present a special podcast focusing on this key election battleground. School Secretary Ed Balls tells us about his parenting guide for new fathers. The families want information, they want decent services that they can rely upon, which are universal for all. Sometimes, though, um, they need extra help. Former Tory leader Ian Duncan-Smith outlines Conservative proposals to change the tax system in favour of married couples. I mean, the fact is that, that the government has to recognise that we have some of the worst records in family breakdown, in teenage pregnancy, in underachievement amongst our children, drug and alcohol abuse, binge drinking. They're much worse than our neighbours. And we get the view from mums and dads in Nappy Valley. Guardian Daily with John Dennis on guardian.co.uk. Justine Roberts, co-founder of the parenting website Mumsnet, Polly Toynbee and Tim Dowling are all with me. But first, let's hear about these Tory plans to change the tax system in favour of married couples. Ian Duncan-Smith, who now heads the Centre for Social Justice think tank, announced a raft of measures this week that he says would put the family at the centre of government. I asked him how the government can encourage marriage without stigmatising or penalising people who aren't married. Well, I don't think anyone who isn't married feels stigmatised if you say we believe in marriage. Most of them actually believe in supporting marriage. We did a poll showed that nearly 70% of the public, lone parents and couples, all said that you should recognise marriage in the tax system because they know that that's what is important. I mean, most people I know who are lone parents didn't choose to be lone parents. This idea that they all started as teenage parents is not true, as you know. Most of it's from marriage breakup. So most people, you know, family breakup, couple breakup, marriage breakup, so most people want to be together. They want to have the other parent involved in their child's upbringing and they want to have that stable relationship. And so that aspiration should be supported and met and that's all this is. This is about helping them make those choices. If it's something that they want already, then what difference will a tax break make? Well, a lot actually, and particularly on lower income groups. The, the reality is that right now the government has presided over a regime which penalises couples, first of all, married or unmarried, that stay together on benefits. You know, if you look at the poverty figures now, the children most likely to be in severe poverty are the ones now with couples, not with lone parents. And that's because they've been penalised in the tax credit system. And they're disincentivised from staying together. I mean, I, we did a poll again of that target group and as I said, 60 or 70% of them said you're much better off being separated than being together. Although a criticism of tax breaks for married couples is that it actually benefits the better off members of society because poor people can't afford to get married anyway. Well, you've just made my argument for me. Poor people can't afford to get married anyway. And the reason why they can't afford to get married is because the government penalises them at every turn. First of all, it penalises them from staying together. Secondly, it penalises them from being married. Uh, and it, that's the real problem. So it's about eradicating this ridiculous barrier to format. Fa- I mean, the fact is that, that the government has to recognise that we have some of the worst records in family breakdown, in teenage pregnancy, in underachievement amongst our children, drug and alcohol abuse, binge drinking. They're much worse than our neighbours. All of them recognise marriage in the tax system. They all believe that the structure that families that support their children is absolutely vitally important. Without that, you cannot achieve anything, particularly in eradicating child poverty. Isn't giving a tax break for married couples social engineering? 
Oh, yeah, it's an interesting concept, that. Social engineering, I actually think social engineering is what the government has done in the last 10 years, in which they've actually eradicated the last recognition of marriage in the tax system, uh, in which they have uh, made it more difficult for people on benefits to get married, in which they've presided over a regime which has seen higher levels of teenage pregnancy, higher levels of family breakup, higher levels of failed education, higher levels of debt, some of the highest, by the way, in the world, highest levels of drug and alcohol abuse, particularly amongst our kids, and binge drinking amongst 10 and 12-year-olds. I mean, that's no record that I would want to stand at the next election and say, you know, it doesn't matter who looks after your children. I'm afraid it does. Well, should the tax system encourage marriage? I asked some voters on Northcote Road, a part of Battersea in South London, known locally as Nappy Valley because of the high concentration of young families living there. Excuse me, madam, I'm from The Guardian. I'm just trying to find out what people think about the idea of having a tax that would help married couples. I think it's appalling. I can't appalling? Why, yeah. why is that? I can't see why people who just happen to sign a marriage certificate should have any different treatment for anyone else. Yes, it's a very good idea. What, why is that? I'm married. Yeah. And uh, well, I think it encourages people to get married, you know, to... Uh, well, it's financially better off, aren't they? Marriage. I really don't know about encouraging marriage. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't know. Um, I think it's a good idea. I'm married, and I think, why not? You know, <laughs> this is encourage people to stay together. It's uh, good for the children, I think. You don't need to ask me. I've just gone through a horrible divorce. <laughs> Although, you know, would a, a more generous tax deal have encouraged you and your ex-husband to stay together? I suspect not. Unfortunately, not in the <laughs> circumstances, isn't it? I think it's a bit silly, really. Why's that? Um, well, I think people should enter into something like that for other reasons. Well, I think it would be more in line with what happens in the, on the continent, where if you cohabit with someone and uh, you can divide your income amongst your, your family, if you support a family and wife. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think you necessarily have to be married to do it. But uh... yeah, that's the trouble at the moment. They're sort of saying it has to be married couples and they're not saying exactly what, uh, which kind of married couples would qualify. Um, but, uh, I mean, in general, you think to, the state should encourage marriage as the sort of ideal family uh, form? I think it still remains the core to, to sort of a healthy upbringing, I have to be honest. Yeah. It doesn't need to be marriage in church uh, and so on, but I, personally, I think it's yeah. not a bad thing. No, I think it's ridiculous, really. What is that? I just think it won't encourage marriage at all. Like, people are going to get married or they're not going to get married. I don't think tax has anything to do with it. Polly Toynbee, you'd agree with that, wouldn't you? Well, I would, because it can't be done, or not in any way that's rational. I mean, most people in most surveys do say they think it's better, they would prefer themselves and for their children to be in a long-lasting relationship, bring their children up with the children's mother, father, forever. But it just doesn't happen, and often for reasons that are not the fault of the one who's left behind. So are you going to say to the woman who's been abandoned, sorry, you're losing your tax break, your husband's taking it with him when he goes off to marry for the third or fourth time? It doesn't apply to people who are too low paid to get one tax allowance, let alone two. It doesn't apply to anybody who's got, where you've got two people going out to work, only where the mum's at home does it apply. So only about 40% of married people would get it anyway before you even start thinking about people who are not married. So it really makes no sense at all. My my greatest old friend is in his 70s and he was he had a, a civil partnership on the first day after civil partnerships were made legal he and his six-year-old partner they're absolutely amazed that David Cameron has said oh it'll apply to civil partners as well so they're going to get a bonus but they can't think why it's a very very weird policy. <laughs> Tim Dowling you write about your own family and your column in Guardian Weekend magazine what do you think about this? Well, as much as I like the idea of being paid for something I did 15 years ago for entirely different reasons, I think it's, there's 
doesn't seem to me to be any point in changing the tax system unless it's going to change something else. And I don't see people getting married because of this or not splitting up because of it. And to me, it seems like the worst of both worlds. It sounds like social engineering that won't do anything. Justine Roberts from Mumsnet, uh, an, an influential uh, website which politicians have assiduously tried to court your users. Um, what do you think about this? Because this is a, a key proposal for the Tories and they're very much um, sort of trumpeting themselves as being, as they always have done, the party of the family. Well, I think on Mumsnet, on the whole, if I can generalise, people think that this smacks of back to basics and um, they'd rather not be told what sort of family is right and what sort of family is wrong. Um, we obviously have many lone parents on Mumsnet uh, and very often through no fault of their own. So I think they feel alienated by this. I think there's no evidence out there that it's actually an effective tax. It's quite a lot of money. And uh, uh, generally, I think people would rather it was spent on things like affordable childcare for all types of families. Why are politicians so keen to to woo your users? Because all three party leaders have done uh, these live online web chats with you and and various ministers as well and Mr Tim Dowling sitting here he's done (laughs) one as well but um, why why, um, are they so keen to to win over your users? Well I think there's two things going on it's been suggested and probably Polly will know more about this than me that the women's vote in this election is is quite key we've certainly seen quite a lot of conversations on Mumsnet from people who've said you know I've, I've never voted Tory before, but I'm toying with it this time. Can I bring myself to do it? Or, you know, um, uh, people, I voted Blair last time. You know, what, what should I th- be thinking about Cameron? So I think there is a swing vote element and the women's vote is maybe less convinced by Gordon Brown than they were by Tony Blair. And also I think there's this thing called social media. All politicians... For, uh, trying in this election to interact with social media. It wasn't really around so much in 2004. Facebook had only just started then. And they want to try and do it in a non-embarrassing way. And I think, rightly or wrongly, they tend to think of Mumsnet as a soft audience, which I think is probably underplaying it because it's not the GMTV sofa. But for them, if they can crack Mumsnet, then they're doing social media and getting to a lot of women. So I can see why for them it's attractive. I, I think Justine is absolutely right that if you spent uh, nearly five billion on childcare, you could almost give uh, everybody a, a, a quite a fair whack of free childcare, and that would really transform people's lives, really transform women's lives. So many women who want to go out to work, the childcare tax credits don't work very well. You still have to pay quite a lot towards them. It would be terrific, and that would be a really good offer if Cameron wanted to win the women's vote. I think uh, he'd go a long way with that. But he's stuck on this because he's promised it to the Daily Mail. He's already reneged on uh, his promise for a Euro referendum. And he doesn't dare renege on this other really fundamental plank of his original deal, which was a deal with Murdoch and with the Mail. And uh, he doesn't dare retreat. You argued this week in your column, Polly, uh, that uh, politicians shouldn't really get involved in family life at all. It was a viper's nest that politicians should not poke. Why, why was that? Well, the history's been pretty awful. If you think that the John Major government brought in the CSA, the Child Support Agency, to try to get won't-pay-fathers to pay after divorce, it led to more trouble than almost anything else. Huge demonstrations, uh, a a tremendous rage and fury from the father's lobby who felt that they were being unfairly treated, that the assessments weren't working, a whole lot of reasons why. But really, it wasn't just the technicality of the system not working very well. It reached right down into fundamental questions about people's personal relationships 
relationships. Why did you divorce? Were you to blame? Was she to blame? Who was to blame? And the moment the government gets involved in who was to blame, which they would have to over marriage tax allowances, they're in deep trouble because even judges gave up on it and decided they couldn't operate a divorce law where anybody had to decide who was to blame. And anybody we know getting divorced, we know that it's difficult to assign uh, fault Tim, I mean, do you think that government has any role, really, in, in sort of trying to shape families? Yeah, I mean, but through institutions that already exist, through the education system, through Sure Start and things like that. I mean, once you try to get into individual families and, and say, this is, we're going to put money back in your pocket because you're behaving in a way we like, it's, uh, I, that's not going to work. And it's the most expensive way around for the least change, I think. And uh, the Tories are proposing, Polly, to um, cut money for Sure Start and farm a lot of it out to voluntary services. What effect do you think that would have? I think Sure Start's going to be in real trouble. They started off just saying something that was reasonable, that they were going to cut £200,000 and use it for health visitors, and actually we desperately need more health visitors, health visitings in a dire state, so I wasn't too worried about that. But since then they've gone much further and said it's now going to be targeted just on the very poorest families. In other words, it's going to become a very stigmatised service instead of being the idea that it's the hub of every community that as soon as you have a baby you belong to this often wonderful organisation they're not all wonderful but the ones in, in, in a lot of urban areas really are um, it's going to be something just for them not for us it's going to be something where the social workers send you because you're a bad family and I think that destroys the whole point of it and will meet with a lot of resistance and it's a tragedy because a lot of the people in trouble with postnatal depression you can't necessarily predict in advance or say that it's according to how much money they've got well, uh, Justine, you uh, were on the telly this week with Ed Balls and took him to task over health visitors, weren't you? What, what happened then? Yeah, I, I, you know, I object to the fact that I pounced on him with Kate Garraway on the other side. I don't think it was quite that. Um, <laughs> but we did, we did, no, I did just reflect the fact on Mumstead that uh, when we surveyed our users about the um, early days um, post-pregnancy, the thing they cried out for was more support from uh, highly trained professionals to help them establish things like breastfeeding. And and, uh, 52% said if they'd had more support with breastfeeding, they would have breastfed for longer, they thought, and found it a less stressful experience. So I was just answering the fact that, you know, in this leaflet that um, Bulls is handing out to new dads, Uh, it's suggested that if you give men an hour of training then breastfeeding outcomes are much better well I just sort of gently wanted to point out if you gave women an hour of time I suspect it would have an even better effect well the children's secretary Ed Balls unveiled his families and relationships green paper this week which included the leaflet about fatherhood which we've just been talking about at a school in North London he told Guardian Daily's Tim Maybe about it I think we want to say that we're going to support all families, uh, not just some. We're not going to say that there's some families which are better than others. Every family needs support. Families are clear that they bring up their children, not the government, um, not teachers, not doctors. But families want information. They want decent services that they can rely upon, which are universal for all. Sometimes, though, um, they need extra help. And that could be extra help because relationships are under pressure. They want support from Relate. Sometimes when relationships break down, they want to um, be able to sort things out for their children and their family um, without having to go through 
lengthy and um, and damaging and, and antagonistic court processes. And sometimes there are um, families who need help because they're not really facing up to their own responsibilities and causing real problems for other families in an estate. So lots of different types of families, lots of different kinds of support, but it's all about making sure that we back families as they bring up their children. It does seem to be an awful lot about giving consultation and information rather than real support in terms of counsellors, for instance, like a place like this has. But that's what um, families uh, say to us that they want. They want to to know what's available. They want to know where to go for extra help, for more specialist help. The thing I hear from parents more than anything else is we don't really know what's available. Can you tell us what we can find out about? And um, you know, uh, uh, it's brilliant to have three and a half thousand children centres. I want to make sure that all parents know they're here and what they can find out about when they come in. Uh, it's great that we've got um, services like Relate and mediation services when relationships are under pressure. It's very important that parents know about those services. So information is part of this, but it's also about making sure that when they actually get to the service, it's good and is available for them. Well, the Tories, as you know, are also making their statement on families today, and yeah. they're saying that Labour is responsible for a huge breakdown in the family. 40% of right. children, they say, are now born out of marriage. Well, look, um, Ian Duncan Smith um, is making a series of um, slightly wild allegations. The fact is we have the lowest rate of divorce that we've had since 1981. There was a big rise in, um, in single-parent families in the 80s and 90s. Actually, that slowed right down over the last uh, 10 years. What we've been doing is supporting families. We've been reducing child poverty. We've got more people in work than ever before. We're providing these Sure Start Children's Centres, which weren't here 10, 11 years ago. We've been backing families, but what we aren't going to do is say that there's only one type of good family and every other type of family is second class. Ed Balls. Tim, should fathers get lessons in parenting or help <laughs> le- pamphlets for you know, new fathers? Do you think that's a good idea? You know, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I just don't think it's that big a deal. It's, you know, this is the thing the media picked up on in this whole green paper was this guide for fathers, which just, you know, I'm surprised there isn't such a thing anyway. Um, but uh, I think the bigger deal, if you want fathers to be more hands-on or to do with things like statutory paternity pay and and stuff like that. Fathers aren't going to be more involved if they have to go back to work straight away. And right now it's, what is it, it's two, two weeks, weeks, 123 pounds, something like that? Well, no, two weeks on full pay is coming in in April, I think. Right. So that's better than we were, but still but, probably not enough. But Polly, as Nick Clegg was pointing out this week, two, two weeks isn't really enough, is it? No, it's not enough. And mind you, other countries have problems. I went to Sweden. I went on a visit with Margaret Hodge when she was children's minister, and we talked to her equivalently. I said, what, you know, what's the worst problem you face? You've got fantastic paternity leave. And they said, well, the problem we're having is getting fathers to take the paternity leave. And we said, but, but it's paid and everything. So she said, yes, but they go elk hunting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did on my paternity leave, of course. But, uh, <laughs> but going back to what Ed Balls was saying, I mean, he, he, he was protesting too much in that the idea that uh, every children's centre has all these wonderful professional services and all you need is a leaflet to tell you where to go. If you need things like child mental health services for you know very young children, catching them if they've got problems very early on, uh, if you need speech and language therapy, if you need these professional services, in most places they're very thin on the ground. Um, you know, one person will tour around and maybe visit half a day a week and there'll be long queues for these things. Some children's centres have got all singing, all dancing, total professional help, an awful lot of them are really staffed by fairly junior people who just don't have the skills, and that's where we really need to concentrate the money. Certainly any money the Tories have got to spend on the family, that's where it should go. 
Justine, do you, just to wrap up, I mean, do you welcome the fact that uh, the parties are sort of trying to vie for each other to look at the family and to, to, to recognise that, that that's kind of should be at the centre of, of, of everything they do? Um, yeah, I think it's fantastic. I mean, you know, it's marvellous that these issues are being aired. I do kind of wonder whether it's because a lot of what's being said contains no financial pledge behind it and is it because no one's got any money that all of a sudden we're hearing about you know maybe philosophical stances and things that are easy to say about the family but if we do you know get get uh, highlighted issues like the lack of breastfeeding counsellors and, and health visitors and and get some pledges on that then it's 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 good news for everyone really. Justin Roberts, Polly Toynbee, Tim Dowling, many thanks for talking to us. Guardian Daily was produced today by Phil Maynard. I'm John Dennis. Thank you for listening.